and welcome to another edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. And Bubba, I must say, uh, speaking of emails, I got an email when we were talking about on the big show that we were going to do an, another. Uh, uh, what is it when you install it? It's another install. In, an, another installation. Uh, an, another uh, installment. <laughs> well, we, there it is. Yeah, installment. installment. It's a doggone yeah. installment. Or we could call it part two. Part two of a series called uh, Letters from the Audience. Now somebody took issue with that, and they were like, wouldn't it sound better if it was letters from the listeners? And then I said, so I guess the people who watch the show, they're just out? Well, right? they listen on TV, too. Well, yeah, but they're watching, too. I mean, it could, it could be yes, viewers. Multiple so, senses so I like, are always involved with the Rick and Bubba show. Yeah, so I like letters from the audience because that includes anybody, no matter how they're, whether they're seeing or hearing it. Because a, a someone who watches it is a viewer, right? Uh, right. So, so, so letter for letters from the audience. So, so w- what this means is people all over the country have sent us here, there, have sent us emails, and then uh, this is an opportunity for Bubba and I to answer some questions that you may have or have always had. Uh, now, there, there's some that you may have. If we've already covered it, we're not going to hit that again. We're going to try to do new ones today. So, Bubba, get us started with letter number one. Well, I hope we don't repeat any, Rick. Well, I tried to take the ones out from last time keep that in I remembered. Mind, we're aging before your very eyes and ears. Rick, this comes from Cameron Cahill. He mm-hmm. says, Dear Rick and Bubba, I'm a big fan when you guys do baby predictions. Yes. Uh-huh. I love if you guys would give the backstory on how you came up with the type of questions that you ask. Mm-hmm. Also, can you give us an update on former intern Bruiser? Okay. That was a combination there. That, that, that's uh, a two-parter I, there. I will tell you in the baby predictions, yeah. uh, it was just kind of some things that we yeah. began to notice, mm-hmm. and I think it was probably back more when we were uh, in the age that we were having having kids and mm-hmm. and friends around us having kids and yep. we begin to notice some trends um and i i even had an obgyn doctor stop me one time in the hall and say you know you're on to something with this and, yep. I, and i'll tell you why and it was based off the question about the hair on your legs Correct. This is more or less about the same right and he said you know the placenta is the filter between baby and mother but said if you're having a baby boy, especially later in the pregnancy, um, the the hormones from the baby boy should be filtered out by the placenta. But it, it's not always. There right. is some intermixing right. of the two systems. And right. he said many times uh, we see the ladies when they're having a boy, the testosterone will, will mm-hmm. cross over yeah. and they will see more hair growing and in strange places. So we were actually on that, and that one has kind of been backed up, at least by the opinion of one doctor. Yeah, and I, I had no idea <laughs> that this edition of Rick and Bubba University would feature Bubba discussing the placenta. Right. But, right. I, but, but well, that's, yeah, uh, well, there you go. That's the beauty of uh, it. That's the beauty one, of it. But and I will tell you on the other one, we ask about uh, when we ask about underwear. That there's really something to that as well, because as we know, the 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 dad dictates. That's why we concentrate on the dad, uh, the gender of the baby and the sex of the baby. And one of the things that is scientific, that if uh, the, the, the boys uh, that the, the create boys, uh, they seem to be able to travel further distances than the ones that make girls. And uh, so what happens if you are wearing loose boxers as opposed to tight, you would be sending more people into the game. The tighter ones actually restrict and, and cause you to send fewer people into the game, uh, making kind of an unfair advantage for the males versus the females. So, and I think there's probably a temperature thing. That temperature goes with that has too. to do with that yeah, too. Absolutely, yeah. and and, and uh, we're handling this with kid gloves right now. No pun intended. And also on the cravings. Yep. This was more. This was not a double blind study or right, anything, yeah, but yeah. it was uh, just through observation. Right. 
And again, it appears that there's some pH balance issues and all that that would, that would dictate males with being more on the sweet side as opposed to the salt side when it comes to cravings. And we don't know. uh, So that's kind of how uh, there is, there's science behind all this to answer your question. And if you get down to the raw numbers Mm -hmm. of this, you have a 50, 50 shot. Right. This is where we needed Greg on the podcast because I think Greg has unofficially declared himself a uh, someone who documents the life of Bruiser. Right. I, I don't know what's happened to Bruiser. I, I don't know where he is. I don't have an update on Bruiser. No, do I, you, I, do I, I don't either. I yeah. don't either. Maybe somebody can give yeah. us an update. Yeah. On I, I don't. I don't. I don't know. So I. I I'm not sure what's happened. What we hope he's out there on the highways driving around. Right. We don't. All right. So Bubba, it's kind of staying with the theme of of things about the show. I want to know their backgrounds. Here's another one. Uh. Tell us how and who came up with the concept of the golden ticket seats. How did y'all come up with this idea? Uh, and and I know that it, that it was something that you were pushing. And does this go back to that Chicago studio? Game? Yeah, we sort of we were on a trip to Chicago many many years ago. Right. Hunter had just been born, so it had to be right around two thousand because he was yep. born in ninety eight. Yep. Um, and. We, of course, I like going and looking at radio stations. Yeah. And that, that was something yeah. I did and from, I from my engineering background. And, and plus, I like seeing studios because I was always fascinated with it. And, and I was told that uh, in Chicago, I needed to go down and see this radio station on the Miracle Mile because they actually had a window and you mm-hmm. could look in. Right. So I went down there and looked at it and I thought, man, this is the coolest thing ever. You could see in and. You know, they had signs. I think they had a syndicated show on at the exact moment I was there, but they had multiple yeah, mics. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, it was all set up. And and uh, and then we had looked at some others that had uh, some seats in it. It wasn't a big, big auditorium or anything. But a lot of radio shows would go out and do a show, you know, where the audience could be there. And we've right. done those, too. Right. And uh, so we just thought it would be good to to connect. And, and we look, we love our listeners, okay? You guys have made this happen. Right. So we we enjoy getting to meet them. And much like them, shows that I have listened to and watched, I always like going and trying to get in the audience, when, audience it, when it was yeah. available, yeah. Uh, going to see the David Letterman show a couple of times and things. I always thought that was very interesting, and I, I hope the audience still enjoys that. Look, we, we got limited space. We could only do 12 for a while and only do eight now. But yeah. I, I hope everybody enjoys that. I just thought it was really cool. Yeah, and, and then the second part is what you were touching on now. Tell us about all the decisions and the adjustments y'all made when you moved to the no-name studio. Why were those made? Well, one of them is just what you just said, because of room. Yeah. There, there, there's not as much room uh, in this studio as far as going in one direction. Uh, and the other thing is you know, the move to just doing it on Fridays. Honestly, when you think about every single day, you know, we're a very small team. Uh, and you know, interns, we you know, it's getting harder and harder with the, the intern programs. We'd gone through the pandemic, and we had to deal with that. And and really, honestly, even though we love the golden ticket seats, and we do, and it's a great experience, we want it to be kind of a, you know, something people enjoy. And we we noticed that there was kind of a a law of diminishing return. If you do it every single day, number one, people have a hard time getting here on any day other than Friday. Right. So you'd have right. a lot of people book, and then they wouldn't come. Because uh, weekdays were tougher. Uh, also, remember when you come here, you're coming to where we work, uh, and and every single day there's a lot of things going on business wise that we deal with in the breaks and stuff. And we just felt like number one, there would probably be better participation, uh, and it would be kind of a a, a bigger deal and special 
uh, to come here on a Friday. And it really also is much easier on our small team to be able to manage because we also had to take on the fact that people had to be taken care of with a little more one-on-one, like going to the bathroom. You know, we now have to take people all the way to the bathroom. Well, that's fine if it's one day a week, but if you're having to do that every single day while you're trying to do the show with all their other responsibilities and very few interns, if any, uh, it, it really – this setup just wouldn't work with an every day and it wouldn't work with 12 seats. So Fridays and eight seats adapts better to this new setup. Yeah, if you, if you track the number of people who have come to watch the show uh, right. back at the other studio, Fridays were overwhelmingly yeah. the largest numbers. Yeah, and, it's easier uh, for people. But because people are usually traveling to yeah. go somewhere the weekend, especially if you're out of town. So right. it, it really was a quality versus quantity uh, issue, and, and we, can, we can accommodate and give everybody a better experience on Friday than we can every single day. Yeah, and then we also made it a shorter period of time because, honestly, this is a long show, the the weekly show Monday through Friday, and sometimes people would bring children, and that's a long time for a child to come and sit for four hours in yeah. a studio and three hours. So we cut it to two, and honestly, I think all the adjustments we've made uh, you know, have been a better experience for the audience. They like being closer uh, and the staff. Uh, and you know, I, I do miss having the big window outside, but, but that was not an option. We didn't decide to do away with the window. This studio just, that wasn't possible. Right. You know, so, uh, and, and, and so that had its time and that was special. And, and now we got this. Yeah. I, I, I wish we had the big window. I liked it. Now it, it caused some distractions yeah. for us, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, it but the just, good outweighed it, the bad. Yeah. It wouldn't, it wasn't practical with this, with this setup. So. Yeah. All right, so what else you got over there? Uh, Kim Hamby writes mm-hmm. an email, Rick, and wants to know, I've listened to the show since 2001, and I've heard you guys use the phrase slapped at five. Right. I'd like to know what it means and uh, how it got started. Well, Kim, we have all watched someone on the TV or on news and they just infuriate you, Rick, to oh, the point you, you go, "What a oh, moron!" Yeah, and uh, yeah. you you physically want to slap them. You do, and yeah. so we thought, wouldn't it be cool if you had a TV show? Yes, where you brought people on that you wanted to slap, and you brought them on at five o'clock, like when the five o'clock news would come on, kind of the prime time of the afternoon. Yes. And you were allowed to slap somebody on TV at five o'clock, and thus the name "slapped at five. It really was taking the term <laughs> "bip" to a whole nother place. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. Not only do you want is that person a bip, you literally at five today on our new show could slap them. Yep. And 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 take out all your your anger on that person. We'll come back. Letters from you, the audience, will continue on this edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. This is the Rick and Bubba Show. Watch more at blazetv.com slash Rick and Bubba. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. All right, we're back. It's letters from the audience. And, Bubba, these are these are real emails that people have sent us. And we're covering, you know, things like, um, you know, how the placenta works and slapped at five. <laughs> So uh, so it's it's really it's really a, a we're off to a, a, it is a blazing a, start. Bubba, here's one that we have been asked before. Uh, we haven't done it on this particular podcast, but it's always an interesting topic. If you and I were not in radio, what else would we like to do? If we could make a living and we could pay our bills, and radio was not an option, because this is obviously our first choice, so we wouldn't be here. Right. Uh, say that wasn't an option. You could make a living doing blank. What would you do? 
Um, now, is this what we would like to do or yeah. what we almost did? Well, <laughs> really, like, you know, I know I had a passion to do radio, and I had other passions too. Right. But right now, if I was not able to do the job I'm doing, and let me be clear, I love the job I'm doing. I don't, I don't desire to have another job. Right. But if right. this job wasn't available, what would be in my two slot? That, um, that would be hopefully uh, as close to as fulfilling as this job, that um, I would enjoy it. I actually applied for a job with Alabama Power mm-hmm. as a communications technician. Right. Uh, my recollection of that was that they did not hire me. Now, the, the people I applied with have been to the show right. and sit in the golden ticket seats. So we right. had a discussion about it. Right. And they said, oh, no, we offered you a job and you turned us down because you were just starting the show with Rick. Do you and, remember that? I don't remember that. Yeah, and uh, so uh, we—that was when Greg's minions came in. Yeah, I one remember day that. And, Is and, that true? Do you remember it that way? Um, I didn't remember it that way. Yeah. I would like to think that their way was correct okay. because I was Feels very. Better. I, I was very crushed Feels by better. The, the other. Yeah. Uh, I also um, I had a group of friends who worked uh, at NASA in Huntsville, mm-hmm. and they commuted from where we lived, but yeah. it's a pretty good commute every day, about two hours. Yeah. And uh, there was a job there that I had been encouraged to apply for at one time. I thought about doing that, which I would have <clears throat> loved and enjoyed that too. So yeah. um, at one time, I thought I wanted to be a stockbroker. I had a cousin that was in that business, and uh, I enjoyed finance and business and thought I might do that. But, uh, you know, I, I think this all kind of worked out better would when you, I look at all of those. Would you ever want to go back to engineering? Or is that uh, what you would have done at the power company? Uh, it would have been it would have been like that. I, I don't think I would want to be the on call guy that had to go no, work on stuff when no, lightning hit. No, but no. Uh, you know, if I was designing systems and helping to install them, that's one thing. Well, <laughs> repair yeah, is another. Yeah. For for <laughs> me, you know, when when I was growing up, and we've talked about this on the show before, I really didn't. I just wasn't interested in that many things, and radio was my number one. Uh, being uh, the lead singer for a massive rock band was number two. Right. Uh, and then number three was something involving sports uh, because, you know, I played football. That was really the only three things I was really interested in at all. So, but if you look now, and, and of course I'm I'm not being fair, but since this is a fantasy question, I guess I can make it any way I want it, right? Yeah. Sure. So, you know, it went, I would say that I actually would probably enjoy being a stand-up comedian, but I don't want to be the struggling stand-up comedian. You know, I want to be the one that's already gotten big enough that they're playing arenas. Right, right. Now, I don't know how, you, but if it's a fantasy job, right? I would like to be a very successful comedian and go out and do concerts mm-hmm. and, and and do funny stuff. Probably would love, you know. Prop. I don't know that I would truly like to be a football coach because there's so many things that go with that that I don't like. I like the actual coaching people up and you know being there, right. but I don't think some of the other stuff you have to do and the way people act. I think that would be difficult. Uh, and, uh, and of course modern day, uh, probably if, if I wasn't doing this and of course, if I felt called to it, I would, I'd, I'd want to be a preacher. Yeah. I, I'd, I'd probably rather be right now, uh, a pastor of a church. But then I was told by some people that uh, were talking to me about that one time, they said, being around you more. And I think they were right. You're a preacher. You're not a pastor. Uh, there's so many More things. There's so many things mm-hmm. that, that pastors have to do that yeah. would drive you up the wall. Yeah. Uh, you just like teaching the Bible, and but but you, you're forgetting that if you're a pastor of a church, that that's you're not, a shepherd. Yeah, that's not yeah. all you have yeah, to do, and that part would probably be a little tougher. But and that's a calling. I, yeah. I really think it has to choose you. Yeah. You know, that's so, for uh, sure. and but, s- but coaching, I, I didn't put coaching in. Yeah, there. I, I wondered. I, I wonder why you didn't say coaching. Well, I, I didn't think of it really. Yeah, to be honest, you were a very successful. Well, I've enjoyed doing that, right? And I enjoy 
enjoy working with uh, with folks and seeing them improve. You know, mm-hmm. that always right. gave me a lot of joy to see them get, you know, move their way up. Yeah. And hopefully we were able to aid in that somewhat. No, you did a great job. The reason why I don't – see, I think that when I say that I can coach – I'm really not a good coach. You are a good coach. No, you you are too. I've seen. I'm you a good motivator, but but I don't know if I'm a real good. Oh, I've put seen, the time in. I've seen you call plays. Oh, you knew uh, when to drop the pass over the middle. <laughs> <laughs> you could tell the lull was there. You and still they, remember, they were getting lazy. You still remember my double yeah, pass, don't I you? Do, I uh, do. But anyway, so but, and it was part. I go. Yeah. I, he ought to call a double pass. Right, right, and we did. Here's the good news. This is what I love about the job. I would like to have been an offensive coordinator. Yeah, that'd be fun, yeah. wouldn't it? I, yeah. I didn't think I'd like that side of the ball, but I did it one time and really enjoyed it. <laughs> but uh, but here's the the thing that's beautiful about our job. The way it works, we're able to dabble in these other things. Like you've been able to coach. Right. I still get to preach. So the good news is we kind of get to do a little bit of the other one, right? But but still kind of have this as a foundation that keeps us paying bills and feeding people. Yes, and that's yeah. important. Yeah. So so those are all things that we talked about. What you got over there, Bob? Rick, a letter from Dana Stevens, and she says I've been listening for the to the show for quite a while, watching for several years. The phrase "cram it clown." <laughs> has been thrown around, and I am unfamiliar with where this came from and the story behind it. Please tell me more. Well, this this actually this actually came from a story from a friend of mine. Yes, it did. And he was talking about a friend of his right. when he was a little kid. Right. And I, some of you may not be old enough to remember the Bozo Show. Oh, it was and, incredible. And this was yeah. a, a clown, and they had a national show. And I think there was several spinoffs of it yeah. in, in other towns and whatever. And I think this one actually happened in Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. And this little guy. It was like a franchise. Yeah. Like you, you could be Bozo. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and they did TV shows, and they had little kids come in, and oh, they'd yeah. show cartoons. We had a Bozo Show out of Birmingham. Didn't and, we? Yeah, I, I believe we yeah, did. Yeah, we did. Yeah. We did. And uh, he was there, and he was a little uh, mischievous, to say the least, and he was cutting up and pulling somebody's hair or doing something he didn't need to be doing, maybe making motions to the camera. And Bozo came over and told him, he said, uh, we need you to stop that, uh, little Jimmy, because you're uh, you're doing a Bobo no-no. Right, yeah. And this little kid, 10 years old on live TV, looked up right at Bozo and said, cram it, clown. <laughs> So that that story kind of yep. got mm-hmm. it. It started living its own life. Yes, it and, has. Yes, and the joke of Cramit Clown kept moving forward. Yep. Um, yep. And and today it even has more legs than ever. Well, it, it is in our marriage. Uh, yeah, I, Sherry, Sherry and I. It has found its way there. And how about this? It has solidified itself. I want to clarify that. Yeah. Well, what we do is now, if Sherry gets upset with me or I get upset with her, I say, "I tell you one thing: somebody's about to get a cramic clown." <laughs> and then she will go, "No, no, you cramic clown." And so, if we're upset with each other, it's kind of diffused because then we get to laughing. Right. If we get kind of frustrated with each other, we'll say, "Well, I'll tell you one thing: you can cramic clown." And uh, and and then the the warning. I got to tell you what somebody's about to get. Yeah, hey, and uh, so, you better watch out. So anyways. you know what's coming your way. Yeah, so that's good. Uh, Bubba, here's uh, uh, along these same lines. You know, we get all these different questions. So this one is a longtime listener, and, and uh, th- he said I used to listen through Static when you guys were on Q104. First time I saw and met you guys was September of 1995. <whistles> we were doing a remote by the fountain on Southside in a car. Oh, yeah. on the set. Remember that? That's oh, what we yeah. called that artist. Remember that? Yeah, I, I remember that yeah. call pretty yeah. well. I was shocked to actually <laughs> see what y'all look like. I bet you were. Uh, my questions would be this. 
the person that would do the old characters and bits on the show, whatever happened to the reporter? Roger uh, Lewis. Roger Lewis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We can tell so us update that first. Uh, Roger was uh, a friend of ours that did that that character, and uh, due to he lived in uh, in New York at the time, and he is uh, had gone on to do some marketing jobs. It really didn't fit into his job anymore. He was no, out of radio, right. yeah. so it became more and more difficult to get him uh, to do those on short notice. Would love to have him back on if if he ever had time. Whatever happened to Rocky Tracy? He's running a list here. If you I, know, that's a good question. If uh, if I recall, uh, unfortunately, uh, and it was incorrect, someone kind of told Rocky that him being our reporter, and he was doing Olympics, right? Yes, Olympic updates. That mm-hmm. uh, that 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 we were making light of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that he knew that and was in on the joke. And apparently he got upset and didn't want to do it anymore. Now, what happened after that? I don't know what happened. Don't yeah. know. If anybody knows, let us know. What happened to the guy that sounded like Gilbert Godfrey that did throw the goat? Uh, that's Andy Spinozzi. <laughs> Wasn't that good? He did kind of sound like him, didn't he? He did. Andy, Andy uh, was a very a brilliant creative. comedic mind. Yeah, he, he was on another morning show here in town, and we used to be in the same building on the same floor, and he would run by our studio and do a bit every now and then. He has since passed away, sadly. Yeah, yeah, he, he got cancer, didn't he? Yeah, very, very funny guy. Though. Yeah, but he was funny. He always, uh, and to give you a visual, to me, he always looked like Eddie Van Halen. Right. I, I yeah. thought they, yes. they resembled yes, each they other did. a lot. Uh, what's your favorite speedy adventure? Mine is Vicky Quest, the, the writer says, mm-hmm. and that's from Anita. Uh, Vicky Quest is a dandy, uh, and she says, I hate that could never be on the best of because of how long it was. <laughs> um, but, you know, I talked to a guy last night uh, when we were recording this. It was actually last night, and he, he was talking about the Russian jet, and that to me is probably my favorite. That That is one of my yeah, favorites. That, that's a good one. I, I will say with Speedy, and I think it is with any of us here mm-hmm. because – there's certain words you don't want to say on the air. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and anytime anybody has a misspeak, and, oh. and when you have spoken as many words as oh. we have over 30 years, oh. you're going to you're going to misspeak some things no and say question. some things that you might not even use in your normal conversation, but Absolutely. it's just going to come out. Absolutely. When anybody misspeaks here, it, to me, oh. it's the funniest because it's oh. hard for you to get out of it. Oh. And, and, and I've had a lot of them. Um, if you are going to invite people to a pita shop, here we go. Just yeah. be careful how you, right. you, you tell them you have a special mm-hmm. and invite them to come on in for pitas. Yeah. Um, yeah. speedy mm-hmm. had a, uh, he's oh. had several. Are you going to talk about this? Well, he's had several. I've had, you're I, not going to talk just, about the jewelry store. Well, <laughs> you can't, I think that was his worst but one. You can't. I, I, well, I can't go into You can't. It. But it, I think that was his worst one he had. Yeah. Um, Diamonds do have various cuts. Yes, they do. Right. Yes, they do. You got to be careful. You got to be careful cut. with that. Uh, we've had um, several. Uh, I tried to say deer holla one time. Mm-hmm. Hollow, mm-hmm. deer hollow, mm-hmm. and I did not say deer. Mm-hmm. Uh, Speedy has also had problems saying the word tick before. You sure did. Uh, you've had a couple. I have. Greg has had a couple. Yeah. Some of Greg's, I think he just wanted to say. He did. Uh, it's hard to tell whether Greg, whether yeah. Greg was misspeaking or not. But I, I think the bloopers are probably the funniest things. Yep. Uh, yep. because you, they, you're they not, just south, you're yeah. just not supposed to do it. You don't want to do it, but it happens. And so the last one is, did you guys really go and eat Thanksgiving dinner with Courtney Cox and Bubba wear Jovan Musk? Um, 
That that entire episode, I've been asked not to talk about anymore. Yeah, that's over there where the guns will trade you. I'm yes. sorry. Uh, but thank you for bringing that but up. But I, I, I will, hard I will, when I read that. I can say, I can answer part of that question by saying yes. We'll be back when Rick and Bubba University continues letters from the audience. This is the Rick and Bubba Show. Watch more at blazetv.com slash Rick and Bubba. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. We're back on Rick and Bubba University. Letters from the audience. And boy, has it spawned <clears throat> some, uh, some conversation. Bubba, it's your turn to come off your stack over there. Uh, Rick and Bubba. This comes from Victoria Wilkes. Rick and Bubba call Birmingham the home of a thousand lunches. Yes. My family recently moved to the area and yep. love to know the best places to eat in the Birmingham area. Ooh. Victoria, that, that list. It's, I, a, it's, it's, a, it's a place of a, a city of a thousand lunches. We don't have enough time to go uh, through all this, but I will tell you how that came about. Yeah. Uh, when I first entered the job market, uh, and, and Rick too, we were in fairly small towns and, and there was a lot of places to eat. I went back and actually worked in my hometown of Jacksonville for a while, and and there was a handful of places to eat. I mean, there wasn't like right. twenty, you right. know. I right. mean, there was just a handful, and uh, you had to you know make the rotation and, and all that. So when we moved to Birmingham, I could not believe the number of places they were to eat. I told Rick, I said, I think I could eat at a yep. different place every day of the year yep. for three years. And never eat at the same place twice, which would add up to about a thousand yeah, places. It's so the city of a thousand lunches, and, and I mean, there's just all kind of, and they're all good. That's yeah. what's bad. You, it, it's hard to mess it up. I mean, yeah. it's, it's almost yeah. like the, the time that Sherry and I, if you want to get the bell ready, went to Rome, Italy, and a, a friend of mine who is Italian, he said, "It doesn't matter where you eat; everywhere you go will be good." And 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 he was right. Birmingham is almost like that. Uh, and even on this email, at Victoria. It, you'd have to get really specific. Like, do you mean eat lunch? Do you mean eat dinner? Because you know, I'd probably give you different answers on right. that. Uh, but you're you're always you know feel free to to email us and, and be specific. But we can give you the ones that you know we we hit pretty hard. Um, you it, hear some of them advertise on the show. Yeah, a lot of them advertise mm-hmm. on the show, like Nikki's West. You know, if you're if you want to just go get good old. Hey, I like Southern food. You know that that's a cafeteria great one. style. Yeah, if you mm. want if you want to get a little uh, fancy and have some, you know, Birmingham has chefs that have world not, renowned world chefs. renowned yeah. chefs. Yep. So on some of those, I would suggest Hot and Hot Fish Club, very very good. Um, Automatic Oyster and Seafood Bar, very good. Um, uh, uh, Bottegas, very good. Uh, Bellini's. Very good. Oak House. Oak House, very good. Mm-hmm. So all those are good. And, and there and is uh, right. there's a barbecue place on every corner, and they're all there, good. Yeah, you, every barbecue place you go to, you cannot miss. Uh, all right, the next uh, letter. Can you guys go into detail on why you quit doing the 13 Days of Horror? I understand that there were some spiritual conflicts, but I wanted to know, was there anything specific that happened that made you guys not want to do it anymore? So you got the part. Some of that was, it started out. It was just fun. Everybody, it was just it's campfire story. It's back you know? to that pendulum again. Yep. We can't quite seem to get the right balance. And I think some of it was, you know, when you started out, you had all these kind of childhood type ghost stories that were supposed to be fun. 
But then you realize there's another year and another year and another year and another year, and you got to define 13 days every year. So then you start pressing a little bit. You start thinking, well, look, we got to have people. And then then people start telling you to go to things. And one of the things, you know, there's been times in my life throughout my sanctification where I was kind of like, I don't really know. I'm not not really clear. I need to really look at it. And then there's times where I just sense the Holy Spirit saying, do not do that. That's that's the end of that, or, or you need to do this. It could be do it or don't do it. And in that particular case, you know, the supernatural world is real. Uh, there, there are demons, uh, and, and, you know, and then you look at things in Scripture. Some of the stuff, you know, just like everything else in our world right now, the, the, the Halloween that we knew as little boys, yeah. I mean, people have just taken it to places that are just, it's evil, it's dark, it's twisted. And, and some things started happening to the team uh, that a strong indication it was not just stuff going bump in the night. It was, you know, I, I, should I take you back to the phones ringing at the mental health hospital? Uh, I mean, and so, and it, I and it, I think some of the audience people started the the listeners started, started doing their getting, own thing, getting into it a little too much, and it moved from that fun campfire thing to in areas we didn't want to go to. Yeah, and so we just felt like that we didn't want to be responsible for number one, you know, people going out and and trying to take on this kind of stuff, and we have no idea what their spiritual maturity is. I mean, we could be putting they could be putting themselves in danger. Uh, and, um, and, and even people that were on the team at the time that were going out, all of those were at different places <clears throat> on their spiritual growth. If, if, if they were justified at all at the time. So I just started feeling a, a, a real responsibility to promoting and sending people into that spiritual realm that frankly can be quite dangerous. And, uh, and it just got harder and harder to just, to justify. It, it just moved from something where it started to where it got to, and we just didn't feel comfortable with it anymore. Yeah, and and I will say this: we're certainly not martyrs for the faith. Uh, we we have it pretty good, and and we don't face a whole lot of opposition. But I I think that's probably the most sacrificial thing we've done from a programming standpoint because it was extremely popular. Yes, I yes, mean extremely popular, and uh, and I think that was kind of that's what made it kind of tough because. You know, I think in that case, we we felt convicted to give up something that was actually quite successful, but it, it needed, but it, it needed to go. It's like as it trans, as it as it translated and transferred into something we really didn't want it to be. Yeah. It was like the genie was out of the bottle, right, so to speak. Right. You you couldn't get back to the other, right? And uh, so it, it was a decision, envelope, and it, and it, and it yeah. wasn't an easy decision. It was an ongoing discussion, and no. we sought other people's guidance on it, and yeah. wrestled with it, and prayed about it, and that's kind of where we landed. Yeah, and and you're right because you just kept. It's like all of it, you know. You kept pushing the envelope. Okay, if 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 that now that's not enough. Now let's let's go see if we can find this. And some of it just started getting kind of dark and twisted, and. And you certainly don't want to put people in danger who listen to the show, and you certainly don't want to put the the team in danger. Right. Uh, All right, Bob, what do you got over there? Rick, uh, this one is from Jeffrey, and it's on disagreements. Uh, In 30 years, you guys have been together. Have there been any disagreements or any issues between the two of you or the staff that had you work through uh, that were tough to handle? If so, how did you get through them? Not looking for anything too personal or private. Just curious to know how you two work through any issues. Jeff uh, in Spring Hill, Tennessee. 
Well, th- there's a couple of things that, that is noted on the show we, we disagree on a little bit. One is tomatoes. <laughs> and uh, Rick doesn't like them. I love them. Right. Uh, and uh, he says they make funny noises on his teeth. Yeah. I've never really experienced yeah. that, but I just let bite it go. Into, you bite into a tomato sandwich, it squeaks. Uh, aliens is one that yep. we, we've been discussing right, lately. Right, yeah, and, right. and I don't want to speak for you, but I think you have decided it's all demonic activity absolutely uh i think that is a high probability but i have not ruled out life on another planet yet i don't see either one of those being a uh, problem with our faith right. uh, because god would be in control of anything that's right. out there right jury still out with me on that one but uh that's it i don't think we've ever had any that i can recall as big i think if we ever have a disagreement on something we will usually maybe fuss a little bit, pick at each other about it, and then we'll just sit down one morning and, and work it out. Yeah, I don't... I can't really remember there, any I mean, there, that, that I would never, say is notable. There's never been a... Hey, and you know what I think it is, and and I think it's good. I mean, you may say, well, that's... I don't think it's copping out, because I think if you lose the harmony of the team, you're going to lose the show. And so I honestly, other than... And the good news is everybody here is on the same page spiritually, so that's not a problem. So if it's not spiritual, there's nothing I have to do or not do. I mean, you know, and if I feel like that everybody's are, are more importantly, if Bubba's not really wanting to do it or the way he feels, if I'm not really wanting to do it, that partnership is is so important that we usually just say, if we can't agree on it, let's just not do it. Yeah. You know, and uh, and I think that's work because what good is it if somebody says, well, I'm going to get my way on this, and the other one's going, well, I really disagree with this. I mean, do we want that in the room? I, I think the you know? only time you got mad at me, and I think it was the first year of the show, <laughs> is I forgot the checkbook on payday. And, uh, That's probably been the only time I was mad. The entire time, out of 30 years. You know what I mean? So, and, and it, how about this? It was my fault. Well, right. I should have yeah. brought well, look, the check, and, the check and I had to, bounce. I had to drive back home and get the checkbook. Yeah. And uh, so I, yeah. you know, didn't forget it anymore after that. And I want you to know this to the, who was it, Jeff? His email is, yeah, Jeff. <laughs> I want you to know, I'm, I'm, we get this question from time to time. We're not dodging that question. I Honestly, <clears throat> we just don't really spend a lot of energy on anything that we're, we, that, that uh, we don't, agree on and, and 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 plus there's not that many things we don't agree on. this, this kind of goes back to the longevity of yeah. what we've been doing right um I, I think you know in our business it is about ratings yeah. and revenue yeah so we have to compete you know to, yeah. to have good numbers on everything but you also battle longevity right and i think that people forget that in right. bands yes other other shows that work together yeah and and like you were saying there's many times you may have a point that you feel like you're right about, yeah, but you don't go to the mat on it nah. because you go, it's not a hill I want to die on, so to speak. Yeah. We've overused that term lately, but true. But, but you know what you're talking, what, what I'm talking about, yeah. and the fact that we we know we spend a lot of time together, we don't want to get on each other's nerves. Uh, we had a question I know the last time about do we socialize a lot outside the show. Some, but not a ton. Not, I mean, yeah, not a lot. Because we're already yeah. spending a lot of time together. We spend together. a lot of time together every day. And, yeah. and because you can get out and do projects you want to do, yeah. I get out and do projects I want to do. Which These is other healthy. guys do, hams. Which is it, healthy. Yeah. It, it gives us breathing room so you don't feel, you know, like you're suffocating doing the show. So true. So it helps with the longevity. Yep. And really, at this point, 
30 years down the road, defeating longevity has been a bigger victory than just ratings from rating book to rating book. And when you go back to shows and bands and things that don't make it, when you get to the heart of what finally broke them up, it's usually something quite petty. And it was because they were on each other's nerves. Right. Yeah. But think uh, about yeah, this. Yeah. We, we've talked a lot about the Rolling Stones. Yeah. And they're all in their 80s. How long have they been together? They started touring oh, the 60s, right? Yeah, Versus the Beatles. Right. Both of them very successful. One group could get along. The other one couldn't. Right. And, and so they both won on yep. the record charts. Yep. But the Beatles lost in longevity. They didn't. Because and, and they couldn't get along. And I think longevity is the hardest win to get. Yeah, I agree. We'll come back. We'll finish it up. Letters from the audience on this edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. This is the Rick and Bubba Show. Watch more at blazetv.com slash Rick and Bubba. Rick and Bubba, Rick and Bubba. All right, so we're back. Rick and Bubba University, the podcast. It is letters from you, the audience. Bubba, here's one. Uh, it says, um, will Fat Fest ever return, even for just one year? Well, I'm glad we didn't do it this year because where we live, it's 100 degrees. <laughs> and this is the time of year that we did it. Um, you know, some things are evergreens, and then some things, they have a start date and an end date. And, and this one, honestly, w- for me personally, was a battle against myself. I really enjoy music. I enjoy my time of being in bands, it was, like I say, my second favorite thing that I got to do uh, with radio being, of course, the first. And I really enjoyed my time w- working with bands, writing songs. and But taking on that festival, it was, it, it was a lot. Because as soon as it would end, you would have to start thinking, all right, what are we going to do next year? Now, I liked it because, and this is something that Bubba has been a proponent for on our show for a long time, and I think it served us well. So I give you kudos. Let's do things that nobody else can do. Yeah. yeah and and, and and that was one of the things that nobody else could do to put together a festival that really featured no big stars. And we would actually headline a festival with acts in front of us that were more successful than yes, us. Yes. Yes. It was and, a little different and, and music, it but it was all tongue in cheek and, you know, let's play rock star for a little while and, and have some fun. Um, I'm not saying that we would never, ever do it again. Um, it's it's it, but I don't, boy. You know, I know like we were talking about. There's we we have to kind of put our energy and time into things, and then you look, you go, well, okay, that account is empty, and it's almost like the things we need to devote ourselves to, to move the show forward, to interact with the audience, to to do a great show, uh, Monday through Friday. It's like when we go over and say, is there any fat fest left in the account? We look over and it's just not there. Is, is that oversimplifying it? It's, just, it's like I don't feel us having the energy for it. Well, you know, it's like a, like you said, they're evergreens, and yeah. I probably was was dragging my feet on that one. I think you probably drug your feet on turkey time. Right, so, I did. You know, we yeah. all just said, well, let's just stay at the house yeah. uh, and try to keep doing the shows probably right. better. Yeah, uh, yeah, but uh, but but I did, there was something special. Oh, it was uh, a lot of fun when we did it. When, yeah. when you, you know, that live crowd and and the numbers of, of you that came to Fat Fest, it was really mind-boggling uh, that that many people would come. And it was a nice little, almost like a Rick and Bubba uh, summit. You, can't, they, you came from all the markets to our home market, and everybody would get in the hotels and go to the restaurants, and we'd have a great meet and greet after. I mean, it was a very, very cool thing. Uh, but it does require a lot of planning. And also, I'm not trying to sidestep it, but um, 
dealing with these venues and stuff now is also a lot more difficult than it was. It used to oh, be we'd yeah. just roll over and talk to the the guys and we'd plan it all out. Now you got a lot of ju- and, and the thing that's frustrating when we did the twenty year Rick and Bubba tour, which was a little bit different. I could not find two venues that did the same thing. Yeah. Every venue that did the tickets different, they did the seats different, they did the you know what what you got charged for different. So um, that makes you appreciate Taylor Swift. Right? It, really, it really does. But thank you. I'm glad you guys enjoyed that. And I'll never say never, but uh, there are no plans to do it. I'll say that. Email from Jason Garrett. Um, guys, love the show. Besides farms and lake houses, okay. what was your first big purchase you made when you thought, hey, we've made it? Keep up the good work. Wow. I will say for me, it wasn't a purchase. Um, Betty and I built a house, our second house, worked very hard on that. Uh, I really, I didn't have that thought then. Right. Um, But the background was my first job was a a weed removal technician at the local golf course. Oh, I agree with you. Running a weed eater all day. I had to cut grass growing up for me. And some neighbors, it was a push mower. It wasn't a pleasant experience, right. but it was my job. I had allergies real bad. So every Saturday when I cut grass, my nose would run, my eyes would water till about Thursday of the next week, and right. then it was time to cut it again. Right. So I told Betty, and, and we live paycheck to paycheck, like it, most people do. Yep. And I said, the very first time we had a few dollars left over, I said, Betty, I want to have someone else cut my grass. Amen. And she agreed, and I got the the local uh, group called the Yard Dogs yes. to come. And the first time they cut the grass, and I got to stay inside, huh. I thought, "Well, we've arrived. Th- this it doesn't get any better than this, my friends." Mm-hmm. Of course, I went with the Lawn Rangers, right? Um, LAWN, <laughs> love it. Same thing, Bubba. I, I, honestly, I'm not trying to copy. I think I agree with that uh-huh. in my same world. I thought if I could ever make enough money, because the thing I got into was Sherry loves all these bushes and plants and stuff, but I can't take care of them. So we're going to spend money on this landscaping that's just going to die. So it was also an investment that that landscaping that we had invested in could be taken care of and you could enjoy it without me messing it up and it all dying. And um, and then it probably for me, I'd never, and I didn't get one, but I got one for Sherry, which kind of became the family thing. Is um, is I had never had a nice vehicle ever, and uh, and we bought one of those Southern Comfort vans. I remember, I love that van. Yeah, and uh, so you, know, I, I always wanted. My I hated ki- when you got rid of. It. I always wanted my kids to be in one of those big time customized <laughs> vans where they could watch movies in the back while we traveled, and and we got one of those, and and I, that's when I thought, you know, that's something I thought I could never have. And uh, so, so that. But can you believe that both of us are agreeing that hiring someone else to do your yard and landscaping? Oh, it was so. I didn't important. think I'd ever be able to do that. Now, what is funny about that now is I love to go to the farm and bush hog. Yeah. And Betty says, "Now let me be sure I got this right. I know you will go and bush hog a field at the farm on a tractor, but you don't want to cut your own grass." And I said, well, I totally the, get that. The tractor has a cab on it and air conditioning. Right. Okay. So it's really not that bad. It's, it's kind of a great view of the field and, and it's no great, snakes can get me up. There. It's great. It's great thinking time. 
you know, when you're pushing a push more and it's a thousand degrees, you might want to think, but all yeah. you can think about is how hot and tired you are. Yeah. You usually you, leave your right. brain back yeah. on about route, uh, round number two. Yeah. Yeah. So. But, but no, I told, that's two different things. I understand it. Of course I'm a man, so I do understand <laughs> it, but you're riding in a tractor. You're, you're, you, you, you mean business. This vibrating, yeah, yeah, you know, and, it just, and it just feels you're, good. You're, you're knocking and you can see this. The project behind you, yeah. you're like, yeah, I like oh, the yeah. way that looks. I, I'm a immediate them. response to what you've done. You right. see how good it looks. Yeah. So, well, I sure have enjoyed this. I really oh, have. Are, I, are we out? Yeah, we're, we're not we, doing yeah, anymore. I think. I think yeah. it's it. I see one here that I kind of wanted to answer, but I don't think that we legally can. Legally can. Right. Well, yeah. we'll yeah. save right. that. We'll right. save that pressing question for next time, yeah. Rick. Yeah. Because you know, it's it, when when other people get brought into our questions. I'm not. I'm not sure we can. Yeah. Just, I pulled that one out. Did you? Did yes, you? I did. I saw that one too, and, <laughs> and I put it at the back of the stack, but I didn't. But I, hey, we're loving these questions you're sending. <laughs> They're and, really good, and you can continue to do that. Speedy at rickandbubba.com. This will be a reoccurring series on Rick and Bubba University, the podcast, you know, because it's, th- this is something based on looking at your response to this that, that you're enjoying. So uh, that was good news too. So thanks to each and every one of you for taking time to be with us. And if you're not familiar with The Daily Show and you're hearing us talk about all this, you're like, what are they, y'all talking about? Are these idiots yeah, or what? It, it's rickandbubba.com. You can go there and find out all the information you could ever want to know about the show. And we're on Monday through Friday and all these different ways, and you can find it. Uh, either in a market near you on a radio station or on all or on all our other streaming options, whether you want to do that live or archive. So, so thanks, uh, Bubba, for another great podcast. Thank you, thank you, our producer to Chris Adler, and thank all of you for being here for this edition of Rick and Bubba University, the podcast.